Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name's Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Can't believe we didn't do it already, man. Wildcats, issue number one by Jim Lee and the luckiest man in comics, Brandon Choi. <laughs> First, Jimmy, what do you have? I have patreon.com slash Jim Rugg, where I post original art, process stuff, sketchbooks, uh, basically the way I make comics like Street Angel, Plain Janes, Octobriana, and more. I also post out-of-print zines and mini-comics, and I just posted this collage collection of 80s black and white uh, explosion comics that I made several years ago. Did a small print run. It's long been out of print, but I posted a PDF. So fans of these kind of uh, influential comics, outsider comics, if you will, can uh, take a look at this mashup of a bunch of the comics that I found when I fell in love with these 80s explosion comics. Ads, editorial pages, logos, just all the elements that went into making these uh, self-published, outside of the mainstream kind of comics. And honestly, some of my favorite comics that I have read in the last 10 years. One of my first 50 comics right here, man. Got a KB Toy Stores. <laughs> Carnage. Yes, from Eternity Comics. <laughs> that's a good one. You can also find these on my website if you're not into Patreon. That's jimrug.com. Uh, you can find a lot of my zines there available for uh, for download and purchase. So patreon.com slash jimrug. Red Room, the anti-social network, hits the stands. This is the book collection of the four issues of... Uh, Red Room that are out there it hits the stands uh, November 9th retailers I'm, I'm imploring you order heavy because Amazon bought half the print run and I think uh, it's beyond half the print run at this point because the buyer over there at you over at uh, Amazon they know the YouTube channel so hopefully the retailers know the YouTube channel as well because I would much prefer people get this comic at their local comic shop but if not man you're gonna have to go to Amazon to scoop it up uh, there are about 70 pages of additional material, including the quick and dirty first draft of uh, the what Red Room was going to be. We're going to do a bigger video on this, man, but it's going to hit that stand November 9th. Thank you guys so much for supporting it the way you are. It is selling and out like uh, pretty rapidly. And uh, for those who want more Red Room in their lives, man, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash edpiscor. Three bucks for the archive there. And I am serializing the next round of comics. Uh, all this and more at my link tree in the description below this video. Jim, we took a look at Savage Dragon 1. We took a look at Spawn number 1. We took a look at two Savage Dragon number 1s now that I think about it, man. But we didn't bust out the sort of... Uh, we didn't bust out Wildcats number 1. Jim Lee, the guy who everybody adored at this time. Let's see what the heck he would do uh, without editorial interference. <laughs> Creative freedom. Creative freedom. And, All uh, of his wild ideas can, can run free here in the pages of Wildcat. So it's, you know, it's his X-Men, but he also worked on Punisher. And Terminator 2 was out. <laughs> what else, man? Electra, he's a big fan of Frank Miller. That's goddamn right, man. Uh, and then you have, uh, you know, some sort of fetish kink thing happening with yeah, I'm not sure fella. about that I do like the way Maul falls into the image logo almost like a corner box yeah pretty good placement there on his composition this was such a funny time because there were so many of these superhero teams coming out obviously Youngblood another one Wetworks but all the knockoffs all the image inspired uh, teams that were being made and you would almost see like the parody versions of this was who each character, you know, you've got to have a big guy right. in your team. You've got to have the badass woman in the team. And it was such a formula of, like, what makes up a superhero team. 
Yeah, it was a... Uh, Your mysterious guy? Yeah, yeah. Got to have the, the Wolverine, loner, as you say, Punisher-type character in there. Th this was a... I don't know. This this is the height of the bubble, right? I mean, this is whenever it was like as fast as you could draw and put out that new team comic, you did so. And of course, Jim Lee, the, the apex of that. You always hear about like, you know, the, you know, 800,000 copies of Youngblood, man, the, the one point whatever a million copies of Spawn. They never trumpet these numbers, man. So uh, I think it might have lagged behind it only maybe 750,000 copies. <laughs> I was thinking maybe somewhere in between, like it wasn't setting a new record, but I'm sure it sold quite a few copies. Still Malibu. Yeah, first year, you know, first year their deal with Malibu. You can see too, it's not coated paper. Right. The, the, this first issue, I don't know when that shows up, pretty early in the run, I think. Um, I'll say this, I don't love this comic. It's, it's not too memorable, but it does look like Jim Lee is really going for it. Like you're getting, you know, many of these pages, like eight panels a page, seven panels a page, where he's got a lot of ideas that he's trying to get down in this first book. Yes, uh, he's coming from that that X-Men space that had this long established history, and Chris Claremont was working on that and really developed uh, a, a knowledge and a love of these characters over the course of 17 years. And a lot of people were along for the journey when it came to to x-men so uh people bought in to you know the mysteries of wolverine and uh some of the more soap opera type things some of the mystery of the x-men comic uh whatever you think about chris claremont's comics man like like he he earned that kind of respect from his readers and the thing that i learned from rereading this comic with a more critical eye is like you do have to earn that stuff. You can't just have mysteries on every page because we have no context. And I think that that's probably the big sort of downfall with this issue because all that we're hearing is is dialogue about how everything is potentially the most evil thing in the world or something like that. You see no evidence. You don't see one example of anything bad being done. Uh, to anybody outside of like their own little cabal, cabal you know? Uh, you're the worst person in the universe, but you just hurt your own guy. Like, <laughs> we see no examples. There goes Lynch, man. He's gonna be the leader of uh, Gen 13. Yeah, big part of the uh, history of Wildstorm universe. I like the color too in this issue. We, you know, I, I constantly bitch about brown color and you don't have that yet. Like it's the early days of uh, Digital Chameleon is credited as color separator. Is it Joe Rosas, I think is on color. Um, not somebody I'm too familiar with, although I think he does a lot of Wildstorm coloring, but I don't know when he starts, if that's like a new creator that's joining up here. But it's, you know, it's comic book color with a little bit of more of the digital blending and things that you get, get to do uh, in the early days of digital coloring. It's not overdone. It's not all um, the gradients that, that we also see early in digital coloring. So I think it does look good. Where did I see this composition before? Hmm, it looks so familiar. <laughs> Let me pull out a little bit. Yeah, obviously the David Mazzucchelli, uh, Daredevil, Frank Miller run. Um, you know, those were the splash pages, pretty iconic splash pages from that era. Mazzucchelli candies right here. You look close, man. This is a joke. It's a box of X-Men ones with the Magneto <laughs> cover. Just sit there in the trash. That's fun. <laughs> Not sure if that's cutting promos on uh, his old job or if it's cutting promos on knowing that 8 million copies in a Larry were a lot of boxes of X-Men Still in the back of he, some comic he, shops. Yeah, he's cutting promos on the damn <laughs> retailers who are dumb enough to buy all these things and the people who are dumb enough to invest in them. This is our uh, Jacob Marlowe, like, uh, 
The Charles Xavier? Sure. <laughs> and that's he's supposed to be a little person, but that ain't a little person right there. It's it's funny watching him draw. You would you would think that with his like experience on Alpha Flight drawing Puck, mm-hmm. he would uh be able to figure out those proportions, but we're going to see some like you know, normal heighted man-sized arms on some little stub legs in a minute. Sometimes I think it works really well, and sometimes it is all over the map. <laughs> this is real funny, too. Okay, the past? Yes. The present, 1990. <laughs> but guess what? Guess what? <laughs> Today, 1992. <laughs> what? Brandon Choi, you are the luckiest man in comics. And Jim, I get it. Jim Lee. This feels like another Mazzucchelli uh, Oh, it totally Daredevil is, man, when he's, when he's coming out of the mix, mm-hmm. man. Jim Lee, I get it, man. You guys were homies when you were kids. I, I, I drew comics that my friends wrote when I was 15 years old. You know, you're holding on to your homie. Uh, you know, maybe commission Howard Mackey to, to give it a polish or something <laughs> like that, man. So here's our little guy, man. And see, this is like... You know, you track that. These are like normal man-sized arms with them little stub legs. It's it's the proportions of like uh, Baby Huey or Foghorn Leghorn, perhaps. Very yeah. Chuck Jones. That's a funny panel, too, since Marlowe's in the foreground. He's sort of like physically on the page. He's the same height as the, as the uh, I don't, normal-heighted people in the background. But obviously proportions different, and we're going to see him whenever he's actually standing next to somebody. You can see that he's, he's a uh, little person, but... It's funny that, that that panel exists the way it does. It's just it's just not quite right. <laughs> the, the the Jacob thing is funny too because he has Jacob Marlowe and this is his Jack Kirby Erzatz character. Yes. And then Rob Liefeld has Kirby, who's his Kirby. And, and it's also another tiny guy. <laughs> and they both look the same. And also they're like meaning well like you mm-hmm. know, I have reverence for Jack Kirby, so I'm gonna draw three footed uh, you know, Five heads tall guy. They both exaggerate the shortness of Kirby <laughs> to do their Kirby homage. Yeah. <laughs> of course, he's this big, rich corporate, uh, you know, influencer. Is Marlowe's story going from from a homeless man on the streets in two years' time from present to today? Yeah, this is his building muse. his financial empire. Yeah, this is his muse that showed up, and everything changed after that. Void. Void. I assume that's a, a Dave Sim homage. <laughs> you gotta have your. Uh, <laughs> You gotta have your mysterious like destiny type character. That's the thing too, man. With all of his X Men experience, you could plug in like a lot of these characters with their mutant liberation front analogs and stuff. All of this dialogue. Like, That's a cool drawing. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's where she's cool. going into whatever that I don't know the side the of a void. black hole or something. Yes. <laughs> uh, this Mike Heisler guy. You look at this lettering, and I imagine Jim Lee's like, "Do your best." Tom Morzakowski impersonation because we've got to get a lot of words on the page. The people expect it. People are expecting the the words on the page. All this stuff is funny, man. Because like <clears throat> you've seen examples of this done in like say 1963 or something where each of these panels kind of makes sense. I implore you to try to figure out what the heck some of this <laughs> stuff even is, man. <laughs> Classic giant profile. Yeah, man. Half your page. <laughs> You know, you mentioned having this look like Gorzakowski lettering. Pretty smart if you're going to go from X-Men to this new venture to don't stray too far. You know, dance with the one that you, that you came with, <laughs> as the expression goes. And he does. Like, this really does look like an X-Men book just with some different characters in it. I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt that if we saw this original art that there was some uh, 
white out on here where he says black boxes might have said black bird man because because <laughs> uh, it's that close man this feels a lot like an orzakowski uh sound effect you know integrated in with the art a little bit Warblade showing up mall starting to see the team here look at these tiny panels like make this the dynamic big uh, anchor not not the big giant guy coming through the wall no the spartan ass, robot ass <laughs> Isn't he a robot? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we call them androids. You know, these ads are almost, to me, as, as uh, big as Image itself. Because yeah. this is how I would learn about Image. You know, I didn't have a comic book store yet, so I would just get these ads. And it was that American comics and entertainment. They were in, like, all the Marvel books. They were in basically every comic I was getting, and I would just pour over them to try to figure out, like, what's the new book? Because they would also also they would always have the uh whatever was coming up a couple of months ahead of time right. so that was my previews you know long before i knew what previews was one comic in the handles worth two in the mail jimmy when i was around this age you know 10 years old and i would just study these things and imagine like i could apply my allowance to some of this man or uh, I could just go to K uh, to uh, Kmart and get some multi-packs. You were smarter than me because I would end up pre-ordering a few of these and then I'd end up buying them. Like I'd find them at the flea market dealer or whatever and be like, oh, I gotta get it. I can't, I can't not have Spawn the second that I have access to it. <laughs> <laughs> so like this character, his name is Hellspont. And something tells me he might've had a different name. Uh, but when all those guys are hanging, all the image founding fathers are hanging out and Mark Silvestri's Malibu home, talking about what they're picturing them is with their be. dicks all on tables. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was called Hell Spawn until, until Todd McFarlane was like, my comic is called Spawn, bud. <laughs> look, at that, look at that tangent. Yeah, that's a good one. It's really great. Short arming him. <laughs> because, uh, because Pike's mom, to stave off morning sickness, <laughs> took a little thalidomide back in the 60s and 70s, man. And he came out a little worse for the wear. And his alien dad didn't know any better, so. <laughs> it's funny, these, these names are pretty bad. Hellspont. I mean, Pike. What the heck? Providence. Mall. It's, you're, you're, you're giving yourself to Bill Mouse to do those parody comics. Shopping mall, <laughs> you know, like, it's just, it's terrible. You know, I honestly feel like I could, like, reverse engineer it. And I think they just had a thesaurus nearby, man, and were like, fierce. Let me look at the thesaurus. You, you and uh, Jim McLaughlin at Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a popular theory on these, uh, how they came up with their names. Too many superhero characters when you can't get cool names for them. All right, man, now we have to inject our mysterious guy into the mix. <clears throat> He's half Spicoli and half Wolverine. Yes. And and he's like looking all around like, like I know there's somebody here who's going to be important. You know, she has that. And it's almost like a Cerebro type type attraction that, that's bringing him here. Can't quite figure it out, man. And it's like, well, maybe it's the lady with the Viking helmet <laughs> and the Ugg boots, man. The boots with the fur. <laughs> Who, Dazzler? Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, you see this lady with this outfit? She might uh, have a high opinion of herself. 
man first issues like this are so impossible too because you're you're it's atypical of your comics right like no other issues are like the first issue where i got to introduce all of this stuff got introduced a, a centuries old war with uh demonite aliens i need to introduce the team and all the team members plus the new member that they're recruiting there's so much to do and it's like it's not the structure of any other issue. It's well, all these issue ones that nobody's well equipped to do, let alone, you know, first time writers. You know, we're doing we're doing this video tomorrow, let's post the giant size X-Men and you get to see with somebody who has a little experience when there comes to writing like a kind of a first issue cuz you just don't want to bite off more than you could chew. Like I said, man, Brandon Choi and Jim Lee, they did not earn all of the the mystery that they're trying to put in here we don't know these characters we don't give a fuck about them so who cares about your mystery like like it, it it's meaningless to me there's nothing built into it man this is like my heel turn week i'm not a big fan of that giant size x-men either <laughs> it's different problems that i have with it yeah but it's the same kind of deal where it's like you're hamstrung whenever you need to introduce seven or eight characters it's just tough how much more room do you have in your story after that gotta inject the reavers into the thing yeah <laughs> cool making and reese jumping in this is one of those uh classic i mean we're here for the jim lee art right yeah that's one of your great panels even with the big heavy border put it right in the center of the page i love that kind of shit like i probably copied that drawing several times and it's right out of a john woo movie in these lightning comics and and those places like with artists who are cribbing jim lee style they would crib this kind of thing mm -hmm. too man where it would just be like shots and then like the anguished gla glance who do you think owns this character, the, the the news characters, man? I think they still show up in Spawn comics. Spawn's the first place I saw them, right? I mean, that's that's a McFarlane invention, I think. As much as a talking head news broadcaster could be someone's invention, <laughs> you know, post Howard Chaykin. I mean, these things show up in uh, Savage Dragon, mm -hmm. a little bit of Taxi Driver. Yeah, there you go. There. I loved Grifter. Like, I drew so much Grifter when I was a little dude. And that grimmest do-rag on the <laughs> Like, what the hell? And also, we established Pike a couple of pages earlier. What do you say? A little, a little... Some similarities. <laughs> I, d I never made that connection, but now I'm imagining they're like brothers separated. <laughs> hey, man. Or it's like Wolverine and Sabretooth. You got to come back and read issue number two. Uh, in the Cabal with Hellspont and Pike and all those guys, they're talking about their connections in Washington, D.C. And uh, we're going to be getting political. I always forget about that part. Right. And it's what, almost like you've split Wolverine in two. So you get the Warblade Claw guy, and then you get the mystery grifter guy, you know, the the, uh, the the mystery man, the cowboy rolling in from with no name from the, from the, from the West. They super lightly touch upon it in here uh, when they first show Maul, but... I think if you know if you read back matter and interviews and stuff. Oh, I know Maul's superpowers from all those interviews. Can, can you explain? The larger he can increase his mass, but it decreases his cognitive ability. <laughs> so as he gets bigger, he gets more stupid. It's it's kind of the Hulk, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Also, it actually sort of made a lot of sense reading this as a little kid in middle school when everybody's hitting their growth spurt, and there are very immature boys who can really hurt you <laughs> one of the cool one of my favorite looking characters from all of these is uh is 
what's his name with the three i, I love striker the striker the asymmetry of the three arms on one side i really like that design yeah pretty cool and at this point i was a bigger Sylvester fan than a jim lee fan so i was pretty pumped for uh i was on board with this ad yeah that's cool man this is definitely like the the bastard son of image comics to me like i really didn't mess with top, top cow or anything until until much later yes Sylvester at the time i feel like was definitely a second fiddle to like the top echelon of the image guys and you know he turned out to be his studio very successful yeah uh but i was always so mad that it felt like he was the second tier because in my mind it's like no he should be up there he's better than this guy he's better than that guy his x-men was was incredible to me it. but i think what i was uh what was you know disappointing to me was just him starting to move into that like jim lee kind of, like yep. this ain't natural to him you know you could you could find amazing uh mark silvestri comics and he he was you know my favorite x-men guy growing up but then he starts to adopt that shit that sells like this kind of stuff did he move into studio with them for yeah. a little bit of time he was i think in that studio Homage with jim lee studios. and i guess wills portatio scott williams maybe yeah and it seems like that's the direction he went and why not like he's a smart guy that's obviously sort of rolled with the way the industry evolved and i think he looked and went oh the jim lee scott williams style is number one let's put it let's let's get that kind of pen nib inking on my stuff establish a guy with the gun the reaver has gun to jacob marlowe's head and then some kind of crazy looking knife weapon blade going through his head love that violence and this is how you introduce the badass yes <laughs> zealot do you prefer zealot with the uh with the ponytail or uh the short hair i guess i'll go with the short hair the original zealot I, I, i'll stick with this one i like that intro that's pretty good stuff that you throw a knife through someone's head and then you get a two-page spread yeah <laughs> that's ridiculous yeah because he ain't even looking at her face man no an amazon warrior princess is that kind of her origin okay i'll accept that is that right it's like some secret band of uh i don't know a, a, a matriarchal culture that lives off the grid and i was just gonna say it was the hand yes <laughs> good explosion i like the bricks and stuff hard to draw and then uh we at, at the end of issue one we discover who our, our uh our mole is in washington dc and when you see that kind of thing you guys got to trust me that this is vice president dan quill <laughs> from the time and and you know it because potatoes is spelled incorrectly and if you remember like uh he put some sort of memo out i believe it was about the tv show murphy brown like where she was di being disrespectful to, to to uh to the administration or something and he said something about small potatoes and this memo that he cc'd all the news media in or something spelled it wrong and this was like a headline on newspapers <laughs> for half a year that year man for some reason i still remember that shit look at the next issue title shoots and ladders questions and answers wow something tells me we're not going to get very many answers no but probably more than the shoots and ladders <laughs> coming in november but see, but you <laughs> like see november 94. exactly man. you don't see the year so they probably ain't lying and then of course man how how cool is it man that we live in a world now where you can just go on youtube and watch this stuff smart though this is your smart move this this is also how things are sold today right like I'm selling whatever my new comic is, and then you have everything else that's in print 
posted in that book. Eight Ball sell, was selling this way. You know, it'd be like the back catalog of the artist who owned the book. This was your standard operating procedure for creator-owned books. It's kind of the argument, too, for uh, the the sort of other benefits of, like, speculator markets and booms and stuff. Because you don't get stuff on the record like this if there isn't a reason for it, man. So, like, this is the 90s boom, and then you get that really cool set of videos in the uh during the 80s black and white explosion with dark knight and stuff that's where you get comic book confidential and that masters of comic art harlan ellison like you think harlan ellison is going to come out of his his tower man to like participate in something if it isn't going to be fly and th those are all results of comics popularity hitting like a critical mass for like these tiny blips it's just that the creatives involved like will kind of exploit it for the short term as much as possible the second uh, American Entertainment. Yeah, man. X-Men 14. So uh, Jim Lee is firmly in the, uh, the the image camp now because there would be like late issues, issue 10, issue 11 of X-Men, where it would have this kind of ad. And it would have a piece for Wildcats in the same comic that Jim Lee drew for Marvel with a lot of RT Bear finishes on it and stuff. But man, you got the whole pantheon right here, man. You do. Incl including including Brigade, but then Supreme is somehow outside of the box. <laughs> Why didn't Supreme make it in? Just couldn't fit it in there, man. It would have been disrespectful to put Shadowhawk out of the gimmick, man. I'm not, like it's fun to take the snapshot of this time period, right? Cable gets a top line, Ghost Rider gets one, Spider-Man 2099, Valiant has its own box. Valiant basically on the same si scale and size as DC Comics and Dark Horse uh, for this ad. Yeah, that's fascinating, man. Because these ads are telling you where the money's at. It is at this time period. It's a lot of image. They did some stuff, you know, like like that that uh, kind of like the Nintendo stuff and and the WWF comics. They transcended direct market or anything. They they were at the grocery yeah. store. Yeah, smart moves. I'm trying to think if this is around Unity time. Probably maybe around their peak in some ways. Although they probably sold much better after that. But I feel like creatively that was like Valiant's big we've arrived moment. Man, issue five of Spawn already in the mix. Well, <laughs> they're collecting <laughs> money for it already. Yeah. <laughs> there it is, man. Wildcats issue number one. Because the because the people demanded it. This is what happens when you <laughs> when you build your channel. Uh, the cornerstones of your channel, Wizard Magazine. You got to do an episode on Wildcats. You do. Uh, and we did. You're right. I, I, I'm trying to compare it in my head now to like Giant Size X-Men 1. I feel like we should start doing these versus videos where it'd be like Wildcats 1 versus Giant Size X-Men. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a funny week for reading for all those reasons. I feel like this isn't a bad comic. If you think of, uh, I'm pretty critical of Jim Lee's output, and uh, I would put this in his positive and, and on the plus side of, uh, of the list of his output. Yeah, what else is there, Jimmy? Whew, uncanny x-men probably some punisher war journals especially the wolverine crossover especially the wolverine crossover <laughs> man kayfabers like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available what's out there jimmy join me on patreon.com slash jim rug where you can download out of print zines and mini comics like the black and white explosion zine that i made you can also see a lot of my original art scripts process how i make the comics i make like street angel plain janes octobriana and much more at patreon.com slash jim rug red room the anti-social network trade paperback hit and November 9th uh, retailers order heavy on this thing because Amazon bought half the damn print run so if you want this comic and you want to get it from your comic shop put in that order right away uh, we are also um, serializing the next round 
of Red Room Comics. It's going to be called Trigger Warnings. First issue coming out in December. Uh, but you can read it ahead of time on my Patreon, patreon.com slash edpiscor. Those links are on my link tree in the description below this video. What else do we have, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise like this Make More Comics shirt at the links below this video. All right, man, give them those marching orders. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.